I'm Chelsea Zaccato. And I'm Natalie Heacock. And this is Lumber Slingers. Each podcast, we will be bringing you relevant and useful industry information, including interviews with top lumber professionals and discussion of current events in the industry. Whether it be lumber grading, industry and market trends, or who's who in lumber, we hope to extend your current tally on industry knowledge. Hey, Charles. Hey, Nat. How's it going? Good. Happy to be here. Always happy to be slinging lumber with you. Yeah. Always happy to be credit reviewing your customers while you sling lumber. (laughs) What a topical comment. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one's fine. Blue Book. The name most of us know in the industry. Everybody knows them. Everybody knows them. So... Today on our show, we're actually talking to Trent Johnson, and he's the lumber team manager for Lumber Blue Book. And Blue Book Services has been leading credit and marketing information agency for the fresh produce industry since 1901 and serving the lumber industry since 2009. They serve mills, wholesalers, traders, and secondary manufacturers by providing current financial and marketing data for lumber companies across the world. Trent grew up in Illinois. He currently resides in the western suburbs of Chicago with his beautiful wife and their four-year-old daughter, who is the cutest, by the way. Adorable. He graduated summa cum laude from the University of New Haven with a Bachelor of Science in Business Admin, majoring in Finance and minoring in Accounting. In 2016, he received the You Make a Difference Award from Blue Book Services, and he was part of the inaugural 2019 class for the North American Wholesale Lumber Association's Young Emerging Lumber Professionals, also known as Yelp, also known as Sober Chelsea Nat. <laughs> We're in the same inaugural the group. Same group. Uh, in Trent's spare time, he enjoys attending concerts with his wife, going on walks, and playing at parks with his daughter and attempting to play golf at a moderate level. <laughs> We're excited to welcome Trent today. Hi, Trent. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. How about you? Good. Welcome to Lumber Slingers. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, we're so excited. We read Blue Book every day. So we're excited to kind of talk about that with our listeners and dive into how Blue Book can help them in their business and kind of a little bit about yourself as well. Perfect. Sounds awesome. I'm excited. Definitely sometimes feel like I'm a Blue Book junkie. Like I I live for the headlines. We'll get into that. (laughs) All right. Awesome. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about Blue Book, how many employees you have and what the mission of Blue Book is? Yeah, sure. So we are a privately owned company. We've been in business since 1901, started in the fresh fruits and vegetable area, then expanded into the lumber area in around 2009. Basically what happened there is a lot of um, people are aware of the previous kind of company that did a similar thing, the Red Book. They'd gone out of business in like the mid 2000s or so. So after they went out of business, um, some trade groups had been looking for kind of a replacement. They'd reached out to us since they knew of us from doing the produce side. And then we kind of just went right into lumber from there. So that's kind of how Blue Book got into there. Staffing-wise, we have in our office about 50 different fifty employees throughout the whole different area from you know management down to the different areas um, throughout lumber and produce. Awesome. And do you know how many readers you have? For the Lumber Newswire, we have, it goes out to to over 9,500 readers daily. And that ebbs and flows. I mean, it can go up and higher, but that's the most recent one that we've had, from what I recall. And is it important you track, like, clicks? And can you tell, like, if someone's gone through the whole 
uh, email or how does that work? Yeah, so we can check like click rates and open rates when it comes to advertising as well. We can see how many clicks have gone through there to kind of get an idea of, you know, how well the different advertisements and how well the different articles are, um, are being, um, how they're resonating with the audience, basically. So um, on average, throughout the past couple, two years, we've had an open rate over, on average, over 30%, which is awesome from what I've at least done my little research and seen other publications, which they can be like a lot of times 20, I mean, 15 to like 20 is very good from what I understand. So having 30% open rate makes me really happy. So that's, you know, kind of a feather in my hat right there. <laughs> <laughs> but that is great. 30%. That's, you think about open rate, it'd be like, oh, 80%. And like a good thing is you're like above average, above the benchmark. So exactly, exactly. So yeah, uh, exactly. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into your current role. Sure. So I graduated from the University of New Haven with a degree in finance, a major in finance and a minor in accounting. What? And when I moved to the <laughs> and when I moved to the Chicagoland area. Um, I transferred from my job I had had when I was working there. I'd been working at a bookstore there to to be able to live full-time and work full-time. I mean, I worked full-time and live full-time during college. So they were nice enough to transfer me here so I could kind of get into the area I wanted to be so I could find different opportunities, you know, to be able to kind of really use my degree here since I didn't want to stay out at the Northeast Coast. I wanted to be back in my home area. So once I got here, I kind of stumbled upon um, Blue Book, to be honest, just through um, a recruiting service that contacted me and I went and interviewed for them and I really liked the feel of the company because I'm kind of like a throwback to the like the old school where like the way I grew up with my family, like my dad has been at the same job for like 40 years. And it's like, that's just kind of how I've always liked it. You know, just the, knowing that loyalty may not be the right way, but just like I like the stability and just to be able to, you know, grow within, you know, an organization and really kind of help them achieve new milestones. And it's just always kind of a cool thing just to be able to really you know, start low and build yourself up. Like I've always kind of really liked that concept. So when I interviewed with them, I really liked that they had that kind of a mentality with them. And they had a very nice, like kind of like you were speaking about their mission. It was very close to like what I wanted. They were very, they were like a service oriented one. They liked their community to be involved with it, especially management. And it just made, it just felt like a really good fit. So I started there as an analyst in the lumber side and then also took on a sales representative um, side because when they met me, they're like, you should do sales stuff because you have a really good personality. And I was like, okay, works for me. <laughs> <laughs> so started kind of doing a little bit of both sides to kind of further my degree, you know, kind of put that to use and then also kind of, you know, try to um, meet more people, which worked really well because it enabled me to be able to go to like trade shows more and be able to meet people and then connect with people, you know, such as both of you, <laughs> and, you know, shows, which is, as everyone knows, I mean, in the industry, it's just such an important thing to be able to meet people, especially face to face and build those relationships. So it was a really cool thing to be able to do. So then over time, after doing that for about seven years, I got promoted to the lumber team lead, which, you know, I started to kind of oversee a lot more of the functions there with, a, you know, kind of not a full manager role, but having a little bit more responsibility for the direction of stuff, go, of how the direction of everything was going. Then in um, the end of January of this year, early February, I got promoted to Lumber Team Manager. So now I'm over in charge of everything in there. Now I have full responsibility for everything. So the buck stops here now at this point in time. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. Yes, yes. Very excited to, you know, kind of, hit the ground running on this and really, you know, kind of put some new ideas into, you know, into fruition. Yeah. So what does a typical day look like for you in that new role? Oh, it is. It's hard, honestly, to have a typical day just because of so many different things. I mean, I wear so many different hats here and it's, and that's one thing I really like about my job just because 
as time has gone on and I've learned more about the industry and then business as a whole, it's really enabled me to really do a lot of different functions from very like, you know, from still doing, you know, some sales related stuff, you know, some larger accounts, like what would one would say, maybe like account management, you know, being able to like maintain relationships and reach out with them. I'm involved with the newsletter, obviously, as well, to, you know, help, you know, um, curate and, you know, kind of figure out what would be the most interesting articles for our readers and things of that nature. Also, I go through and I will handle kind of high level rating review stuff just to make sure, you know, on the actual the uh, Lumber Blue Book side that, you know, all the information is, you know, up to date and that all the ratings are accurate and things of that nature. And then I also review this financial statements and things of that nature too. So yeah, so I do a lot of that stuff because, you know, it's just kind of always, I I really enjoy that stuff. I'm kind of like a data nerd when it comes to that. Like I, I love talking to people, but at the same time, I on the opposite end of the spectrum, like to sometimes just pull up and just, you know, sit there and then look at numbers. Like, like I have no problem working from home at like after my daughter goes to bed and just sitting there and kind of like doing data stuff from like nine until 11 at night because I'm a nerd. <laughs> we should um we should nerd out together about financial statement review. Oh, I love it. It's so much fun. I really like it. <laughs> it was also a finance undergrad and then accounting MBA. Oh, there we go. Awesome. Yes, so we're yes. same thing. Yes. Finance. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine you mentioned that the you're making sure that the rating systems are still accurate. So I imagine that takes a lot of research on the side of, you know, because Obviously, companies are, especially here in this industry right now, consolidating or being acquired. And so what kind of methods do you use to check the, the data for that to make sure? sure? That's a great question. I mean, and that's, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, consolidation, merging acquisitions. I mean, it's been crazy. I mean, I know just even the past few weeks, it's been just kicking up like insane. I mean, I already worked on one today. That was a recent one. There's been a handful of other ones um, recently. And been some big groups that have been consolidating things as well. So a lot of that comes kind of going back to what I kind of mentioned before, which is the relationship building, which is, you know, just you start to, there's a lot of these companies that do a larger act with like a lot of acquisitions. So those are nice ones where you build the relationships from. And even other ones will build relationships with them from making sure that their listings are updated. So, you know, we'll reach out to make sure the data we have on the company, like personnel, product, species is as accurate as, you know, possible and update as possible and all the contact information. So we try to build them there to make sure that we have those relationships because then whenever there's mergers and acquisitions, we have to make sure that we have the details correct so that, you know, as a credit manager, they can reach out and make sure that they're getting the right information for the right entity. Because, you know, multiple different ways things can be, things can happen when there's an acquisition, whether they, you know, run as a branch, as a subsidiary, under the same company, company mm-hmm. a new subsidiary. It's just so many different ways painful. that you got to... It's honestly painful. It, it is. And so it can be just... There's so many different like intricacies that can go into it, but that's why it's really important to kind of be able to build those so you can make sure you have that information. Because otherwise, you know, if you're looking at information that's you know 15 years old for everything, that's not going to be very helpful to credit managers. <laughs> right. And I, so I'm kind of probably putting the cart before the horse here, um, but how like you have all these companies in Blue Book that you list and. Is it the company's choice to be in the blue book or is it voluntary or do you guys put everybody in there if they're a lumber company, no matter what? No, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's the right answer. So we list basically anyone from mill down to retailer that would be applicable within the lumber and or really kind of building products as a whole, but we're lumber based. So if they use a lumber product in some way, shape or form. 
regardless, we will list them. Now, if someone doesn't want to be, then that, that becomes a little bit of an issue then being able to, you know, maintain the data on them and whatnot. So, but with that being said, I mean, technically we would list them regardless because there's not any like reason why we wouldn't be able to list them. It's just their, their information wouldn't necessarily be as accurate. And because of that, if that ever happens, we do put a rating on there just so people are aware that, you know, they had, you know, not been able, they would decline to, you know, furnish the business details so that they are aware of there is, you know, a, a I guess you'd say disconnect there, at least that. Okay. But honestly, that doesn't happen very often because a lot of people, as you know, I mean, most people like to talk about their business because it's what makes them happy. And I mean, it, when it comes down to it, usually by and large, I mean, people want their information out there so they can get more people reaching out to them for, you know, that are suppliers, you know, and things like that because they want to be able to have, you know, the best products at the best price. So it's kind of beneficial to everyone having this. The only people that might get mad is if they do really bad pain and they're like, you show me pain really bad. I don't want people to know that. It's like, right. well, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Pay on time. Yeah, pay on time. Then it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> so we went over, we kind of already talked about how Blue Book got started. Tell us about Lumber Newswire, how that began and how long it's been around. Sure. So that was kind of a brainchild of my um, direct boss, Mark, as well as kind of as almost a spinoff on the produce side. We had done a similar-ish kind of newsletter on that side for some time, and we had never really gone to the lumber side because it just it, there has been other lumber news sources. But one thing we started realizing is, you know, we're looking at them is that a lot of them are very focused on specific areas within the supply chain, you know, which is awesome because they do a great job of that. But there wasn't a lot that really were able to kind of fill a really kind of a higher level catch-all of a lot of very just level lumber stuff that also we could kind of curate outside stuff like uh, transportation stuff when that comes up, you know, if there's um, things that have to do with the like the uh, mergers or things like that, or if there's going to be any um, um, like strikes or things like that, that would, that would affect, you know, the, the ability to be able to get supplies from point A to point B, um, as well as like mortgage rates and things of that nature. So we kind of saw a hole in that area where we're like, hey, we can, we have the ability to curate a lot of information that other people aren't covering in one source and some that people aren't covering at all and put it into one place that would be super easy for everyone to have. And, you know, it just it just seemed like a great idea. We're like, you know what, let's just see how this works. And so it would have been three years ago in January, we launched it and we kind of started on a more smaller scale of just, you know, doing a handful of articles just to see, you know, what the readership would be like, you know, like kind of what the reception would be and, you know, how it would, how it would work. And then as we started doing it more and more, you know, the readership just kept taking off and people, we kept getting great feedback. We would go to the shows and people be like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. We'd hear things like, I was talking to some guy and about an article I read there and I told about, I was talking about an acquisition. He didn't even know about the acquisition yet. He works for the company. So, you know, it was kind of cool <laughs> to hear things like that when we'd be able to like kind of break news to other people and stuff. So we saw that it was really being a huge asset to people to, you know, be able to kind of get this, you know, catch all news source. And so, We've put a lot more um, resources into it to just grow it. And, you know, it's grown from originally, I want to say it was like six articles. It was kind of what we went to. And now we go for at least on an average of nine, if not more, to kind of because there's just so much to get out there now. <laughs> wow. Three years and you already have almost 10,000 readers. Yep. That's huge growth. Yep, exactly. I was, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very proud of it, honestly, because I have a, a lot to do with the curation of it and, you know, really, you know, picking out what I think is the best and it seems like it's at least it's resonating with our readers so it makes me feel good <laughs> well that's a that's a great segue to our next question which is how do you source your articles that you pick for the the newswire sure a couple different ways so easiest kind of most obvious is a lot of them are sent to us by different organizations you know from their marketing departments and things of that nature 
some originally, you know, I'd reached out and solicited them. We were just kind of starting up like, hey, can you add me to your mailing list? And then as time goes on and our readership grows, we start getting more just people just mailing them into me being like, hey, can you print this in here and so on and so forth. So that's the main way we get them. Other times we'll have certain situations where we can have, you know, a company may have like a news site, I mean, like a news page on their thing that, you know, for larger ones that we don't get um, that we're on the mail list that we can just go manually check and stuff like that. But obviously that can be time, you know, to take a lot of time to do so. We try not to have to do that, but it happens every once in a while. But the main way is the people sending them in and then kind of scouring other things like that if necessary, you know, if we haven't seen, you know, if we haven't gotten anything from them. Or if I see a news article that comes up from that maybe someone else had reported on that I can reach out to that company and get that and then try to get added to their mailing list. So going forward, everything will be coming straight to us because it saves time and, you know, get the information quicker that way. Mm-hmm. This is not a question that we were planning on asking you, but how do you take a day off? That's a really fun <laughs> question because it's not very easy. So the best thing I have going for me is that my team is awesome. Honestly, like we've been working together now for I'm coming up on 10 years in June. And the whole time I've been here, I've been with the same team. So we've really like grown in many different ways as you know, both sides of the company. When I say that I mean, like, you know, the newsletters, well, as you know, the um, Blue Book services, you know, Lumber Blue Book side has grown. And so we have a really good I mean, we just gel really well together. And we're very supportive of each other. And the fact that, you know, if someone isn't like, if I'm not there, it's not easy. But we've been able to find a way to make it work by working ahead and planning things out very specifically. And the training that goes into it is also very helpful because, you know, then everyone's on the same page with that. But it's, I mean, I, honestly, I have to give credit to the people around me because without them, you know, I mean, it, it really has made me realize how important it is to have a team that you really gel with well because they will do whatever it takes as well just to make sure that things happen when I'm gone. But like I said, with that being said, it's definitely not easy when it's long, gone for when I'm gone for a long time. Like the family and I are taking a week long vacation this summer and that's going to be interesting because it'll be the, the newsletter will be fine and everything. But then the only problem is when I come back, non newsletter work is just yeah. <laughs> so it takes me until like that the trips in July. So I'll probably get back on track in like October because of that. Wow. That's <laughs> a lot. So you appreciate it then when companies send you their articles. That makes it, your job so much easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's also nice just because then it gets out there as quick as possible for them and for us. I mean, I always pride myself in trying to be the first person who reports things just because it's kind of fun. Like I enjoy that. It just makes me really happy. And also since we are, you know, like a small organization, so to speak, and you know, our team is the one who does this. We also have a lot of flexibility to be able to do that. So like uh, you didn't really ask this, but you know, I don't hope you're a guess. But if we get like a late breaking article, like say like right early in the morning, it's a huge thing. Like I remember that happened when Lowe's announced that they were going to divest their Canadian operations. It came on like early in the morning, like six a.m., and I was like, "Dude, we need to get this in today's newsletter because this is big news. I don't want to wait over twenty four hours. Everyone else is going to have it." So we were able to you know kind of mess around with the newsletter and take some other stuff, move it, get that one, put it in, you know, run it so that you know everyone was notified of that as soon as possible. So. That stuff really makes me happy and makes me take pride in the fact that we can, you know, get that kind of stuff out to our readers as soon as possible. And adds the value for everyone reading too. Definitely yeah. makes you unique. Yep. I am unique. I remember sending a press release to you uh, at the end of the day, one day, and it was the headline the next day. Yep. <laughs> so that's how quick Blue Book works. They read them and they take them seriously. If somebody is, you know, already part of Blue Book services, how do they, or maybe even if they're not, how does somebody send a story to you? Yeah, so there's two main ways. 
if you're just trying to go for the general way, we have the web, the email address. It's pr at bluebookservices.com, which is a general catch-all one. Or they can send it to me, which is tjohnson at bluebookservices.com. Those are the main ways that I just need to more attention if they send it directly to you. Absolutely. Then it comes right to me because, yeah, I get it right away and then I can add them on there and then I can move it to the other folders too. So, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, the worst case if they just send it to like the general one. Our staff is really good. They get it to us really quick anyway. So, if they like an info type email, we still get it real quickly. But okay. to me, it's the fastest. <laughs> Quickest turnaround if you want it. We'll include both of those addresses in the show notes as well. Awesome. <laughs> so moving on, what are some of the ways that companies can use BlueBook for their own business? Uh, well, we kind of have two main sides of the BlueBook services function. So we have a kind of a sales prospecting side and a credit side, which they work together. But you can also kind of work them, work with them individually. So on the sales prospecting side, you know, as you kind of had mentioned before, we list tons of companies. We have over 21,000 headquarters listed in our database, like I said, from mail down to retailer. So you're able to break down those companies from different, different criteria, such as location, product, species, and classification, and really kind of create your target of the type of companies you're looking for and be able to get a list of the different prospects. You can do things like export that data so you can kind of manipulate the data however you want and things of that nature. And on the credit side, we then also have credit information that's provided to us by um, companies throughout the lumber industry. They provide their AR to us on a uh, monthly basis so that we can put it all together. And then we're able to use our different functions to come out with credit scores. We have pay indicators. This is one of our main ones and blue book scores. Pay indicators being kind of a score telling how they're paying now, telling them, you know, if they're a current payer, if they're paying now very slow. And the blue book score being a predictive one where it's telling, you know, the level of risk you're currently having. So it kind of looks for deviations in how someone pays. So like if someone's historically paying current, they start paying way past due, it's going to go down real quick being like, eh, something's going on. So just be careful, you know, if you start working with them at this point in time, or if you're going to continue working with them. So they're able to kind of help make some decisions like that. And then if it's a company you want to work with, you find us credit manager that can pull a business report and they'll break down that information in detail with different, you know, credit lines and things of that nature. You should know that all the information on the reports is shown anonymously as we don't disclose who submits to us or who's submitting on each other. Um, just, that's because that's how the whole system works. You know, people don't want to know, you know, who's submitting on them and things of that nature. So those are kind of the two main functions of our Blue Book services. Like I said, you can do both of them at the same time or kind of use them individually. But yeah. Well, so say Natalie and Chelsea work at Patrick Lumber. Sure. I could see myself using Blue Book for the sales side, as you mentioned, and then mm-hmm. Natalie would be utilizing it quite often on the finance side. Yeah, so exactly. Very we helpful. Do. We use it exactly. very often on credit credit side. Exactly. Exactly. And it's great for prospecting as far as if you're new new to the industry and you're trying to kind of mm-hmm. get the feet beneath you and see what's out there. Obviously you have the big book which shows everybody. So. Yep. Do you guys still print that? No, we don't have that anymore. That one is gone out. That uh, that was the big book was actually done by a different company. Actually, it was by Random Blanks. Oh, sorry, we're gonna cut. That oh off. no, you're fine. <laughs> so they had actually done that. It was a really great book, honestly. And like I've always said, that when it comes to other people, you know, similar things, like they have great publications. Like I love the other publications. The blue book, the big book, was a great book. They stopped doing it in 2020 because it just. I mean, they didn't really explain why, but I know it was the last year they were doing it for Random Links. But there's mm-hmm. still other people that, you know, do um, different ones that are more specified, you know, in different areas. Like Miller Publications does one, you know, in different areas that they that are specific to different areas, which great. is a great product as well with them too. So 
I am one who always recommends that, you know, the more information you have is better. So I always say, you know, use Blue Book, use theirs, you know, use everyone because the more information you're going to be more successful. You know, I mean, that's just what I've always thought. And Blue Book is all online then. You guys never had a produce. Okay. Not on the lumber side. On the produce side, we did and we kind of do. It's more of an almost print on demand now. And the main reason we never did on the lumber side was it's not because we haven't had it requested because we've had it requested a lot. But the, the biggest problem was kind of, I already mentioned before, is we have 21,000 listings that are just headquarters. And with branches that include, included, it's over 32 or 33,000. Wow. So when we were looking at doing a book, it was like you would be going back to the old days, like we were younger, getting like encyclopedias. It's like, all right, which volume I am? Volume one, volume two, volume three, volume four. So <laughs> it was just so big. And then the other main problem that we had, especially in our industry, as we kind of spoke about, is so the amount of consolidation that happens. By the time the thing went to print, it would honestly be out of date. I mean, like I said, literally in the past week, I've already done, I think, seven acquisitions that have happened in the past week. So, I mean, right there, there's seven companies just, just aren't even operating the same anymore. So, it's like, this is just a week. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> rip those pages out. <laughs> yep. And um, like you said before, I mean, it's great, especially for younger traders, which is awesome because, I mean, it gives them a very quick, you know, fast way to get their foot in the door and, you know, be able to start making calls, which is, I've always thought it's a great product for people such as that. I mean, we hear a lot of great feedback from people who are just getting right in the industry and doing it like, this has been a lifesaver. So, like, you know, start making some connections, you know, hit the ground running. Yeah, exactly. It has been. It's been very helpful. I know we've used Blue Book on our sales side. It's very easy to run a report and even better that you can use it into an Excel format if you need to. Yep. Yeah, we much appreciate all the information. You <laughs> Is there, I guess you mentioned that, you know, it's, it's great to, you know, lean on to some strengths of other publications in the industry, such as um, Miller Publishing and obviously Random Links prints a, a different type of publication. So what makes Blue Book stand out and different than any of those? Well, I would just say the fact that we do so many different things all in one place. And that's kind of the biggest thing I always say that differentiates us is, you know, a lot of the other places, it's just a one. I mean, obviously, you can easily name some of the competitors we have, like on the credit side, like the Dun & Bradstreet's Experian, you know, things of that nature. But when you look at them, they're almost exclusively for credit. I mean, I don't know how you'd really prospect very well on them. I mean, maybe you could to an extent, but not very well. And then likewise with some of the other ones, you know, they're great for if you're trying to, you know, find some sales prospecting, you know, in different areas, depending on the different publications, you know, but then you wouldn't have any of the credit information. So it's just, I just love the fact that we have everything that's housed into one thing and it's so easy to access. And it's, the platform is really user-friendly too. You can log in and for the first time, I mean, if you have, even the smallest, the slightest bit of, you know, technological background, it's pretty easy to hit the ground running to be able to figure it out. So, I mean, I think that's a huge, huge advantage that we have as well as just kind of the simplicity of how it is because it's powerful, yet simplistic. So it's not like you're going in there like, I don't understand what this stuff means. There's all these weird things and these weird buttons. Like this is overwhelming. It's very, very user-friendly. So yeah, just having everything under like one roof, I think is just a huge advantage to us because then, you know, we can just, you can be like, here, you have everything you need. If you still want more information, that's a great idea. But, you know, you have this one has everything as a great starting point or a great addition to what you currently do. So, like when we talk to people about credit, you know, like I always tell them, kind of like we said before, it's like, you know, if you already send out credit reports, if you already use, you know, another service, I was like, that's great. You should keep doing those things. And then you can use us as another additional service to make sure you're really making the great decision. Because when it comes down to it, what's another, you know, depending on what level you get, you know, 
like a thousand, two or three thousand dollars a whole year to save. How much if you all of a sudden get burned on a sale? I mean, it just seems like a no brainer to me. Amen. And not only that, but my sales brain is thinking if you're able to connect the dots on a new customer or even supplier, and you're bringing in additional margin to the company because you discovered it through those means, then that pays for itself on one sale in some cases. Literally. It's, literally, it does. And that's I, that's my. You literally stole my cheesy line. I always use on my webinars. Exactly <laughs> what I say. Because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Sounds like Blue Book is the entire package. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I get that a lot. Yes. <laughs> so before we get into rapid fire, because it's already that time, we have a very fun and exciting announcement for our listeners. Do you want to do it? Do you want me to do it? Do you want to do it, Trent? Do you want to do it, Trent? You can do it. How about that? <laughs> we are me talk enough already today. <laughs> Lumber Slingers and Trent at Blue Book are teaming up and we're going to release a podcast bi-weekly on Wednesday mornings. And we're going to discuss the current events that day in a audio form. And mainly we're just going to interview Trent. Because yeah. <laughs> he has all the info. We have all the questions. And we're, we're making it so that it's real-time updates. So the news that you're reading that day is going to be on the podcast. So it'd be fun to have some discussion around that and our hot takes. And maybe we have some opinions or some hot gossip. So make sure, that, gossip, <laughs> gossip. Make sure you're tuning into that. <laughs> Trent, is there anything uh, that we maybe didn't mention about Blue Book that you would just like our listeners to know? I don't know. I think we covered most all of it, honestly. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. I think I covered pretty much all of everything. I mean, if you have any questions, feel free. I mean, like you said, you'll include my email. So I encourage you to reach out to me or go to our website if they want a little bit more information. One thing I didn't note is the Lumber Newswire is a free newsletter that you can sign up for on our website. So I encourage everyone to do that. No cost whatsoever to be able to, you know, from your mailbox Monday through Friday. So definitely encourage you to look into that. You know, if you're interested in learning anything more about us, reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to anyone. Awesome. And we will put the link to the website also in our show notes so people can access that easily. If they would like to sign up for the Lumber Newswire, I would highly suggest it because you're not only getting Lumber News, as Trent said, you're getting, if things are happening in the housing industry, mortgage rates, inflation, acquisitions, it really covers a lot of really hot topics all in one spot that you might not hear on your morning news. So um, we'll make sure we put that in our show notes. And Natalie has some rapid fires for you. All right, let's do this. <laughs> all right, what's the last book you read? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. Oh my goodness gracious. Like physical book? Oh goodness gracious. I mean, you could have listened to it. I'll accept that. I'll accept audible answers. I'm blanking out on the name of his book, but it was Tom Segura's autobiography. <laughs> like I'm blanking out on the name of it. Uh, he's a comedian. He's like my favorite comedian. It was his autobiography. Was it good? Was oh, it, oh, it was hilarious. I, I love him. He is he's amazing. <laughs> I should know his name. I can't remember the name of the book. I remember the cover looks like. He's sitting on a bench and he's a drawing. I can't oh, remember though. What was the most recent thing you learned within the industry? Well, I recently has, have had a couple of meetings where I've been going more in depth and learning about like ERP systems, which I had not really known a whole lot about the in-depth inner workings of them. So I've been really kind of trying to learn more about that just to see how that kind of is a helpful asset to companies because uh, one of my one of my friends I talk to all the time in the industry, um, Thea, she's a huge proponent. I don't know if Thea, I don't know if you know her at all, Thea Dudley. Um, she's a huge proponent of ERP systems and she absolutely loves them. So, you know, her and I have been really kind of talking about 
getting together and, you know, we were going to actually do like a one-off podcast of talking um, or like a kind of a webinar, I should say, about talking about ERP systems and also about companies that are trying to get them to submit their AR files to whoever they're working with across the board just because of how both of those things can help companies so much and they're things that are underutilized, you know, from people across the board. So that's mm-hmm. been really exciting just to kind of learn more about that, that aspect of the industry because I didn't know, I knew about it in a very high macro level, but not really that much in depth about how it really is, you know, kind of integrated into companies. Mm-hmm. Definitely lots of opportunity there for sure. Describe the lumber industry in one word. Oh, no, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. I'd say, ah, the first thing that comes to my mind is changing. And the only reason I say that is because it's a very all-encompassing thing. And I mean that in different ways, whether it be the acquisitions that we're speaking of, or it's the way that they're being used, or it's the way that people view them. Because I feel like there's so many things in flux now with, you know, that at this time in like our lives with, you know, technology and just, you know, with people, with environmentalism, the thing where you're seeing a lot of things change in many different ways where, you know, before people were very like, oh, lumber is bad. Now people are starting to start coming around and be like, hey, it's a renewable resource. It's actually not a bad thing. So, right. you know, you're starting to see a lot of these things changing you know, across the board. It's a really exciting thing, I think, for everyone. And that's just, I feel like, a very, very good way to look at the industry because there's so much of that in so many different ways. And I, it's just a, it's a very secondary word, exciting, you know, place, to, I mean, industry to be in because it, the one thing I thought was really neat when I first got into it is that people were just, it was such a person like relate, a relationship industry, you know, and that's a really kind of a cool thing. I remember like people be like, we still do handshake deals sometimes. I'm like, what? I thought that stopped in like 1980. Like, no, we still do it sometimes. I'm like, not here. Cool? <laughs> <laughs> What's their credit rating? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what are <laughs> okay. Well, I think you touched on it, but what's your favorite thing about the industry? Well, yeah, I kind of like what I just said is, people and just another thing i really like about it and this is a kind of a personal thing is just the appreciation it's given to me for wood and lumber and its uses and just across the board i mean as you can imagine you know like when you work when you're not in lumber at all and then you like go into it it's amazing how much you see stuff everywhere like i drive down like the road and i'm like oh look at there's a truck it's canned for lumber i see a rail car because we live by a railroad i'm like oh look at there's um, some stuff from Stimson. You know, and I go to the uh, Home Depot by I me and I bought boards the other day to put up in my attic and I'm like reading the stamps on. I'm like, I know what these stamps mean now. It's just <laughs> kind of cool to see this, you know, and you see like the furniture that I have here, you know, the frame. It's like you're like looking, you're so much aware of how much there, like wood there is everywhere around and just how it's just a really beautiful thing. And I just really like it. I mean, I remember the first time I went to an actual sawmill and like I smelled it because I've always loved like the smells like of like, and stuff like when they put them in like you know like uh, the different like handles or stuff like that you know when i've had people i've been you know with like my wife and stuff like that and like to go there and smell that i was like oh i see why people love this it just <laughs> oh it smells so awesome just that good you just smell like the fresh air and just the thought it was just it really just hooked me right there and just the like the romancing of it in my brain and I'm, I, I can easily romanticize things like that <laughs> I love that. Great lumber sales guy, yeah, really. really. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today, Trent. Really appreciate your time and energy spent being here and excited for what's to come. Yes. And while we were sitting here, I did Google the name of that book. It's called, um, I'd like to play alone, please. That's what it is. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, Trent, thank you, you're for awesome. thank you both that? for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you.